0: listen you really got to be energetic today okay uh so i'm and god has something great with us welcome to hillside assembly we do things a little differently here than maybe uh your home church or a church that you've been to in the past does uh we will do our offering at the end of service and there is a giving box in our foyer we'll pray over our offering and you can uh give in the box at the end of service Uh, If you'd like to know more about our ministry, you can check us out on the web at hillsideassembly.org or call us during the week. We'd love to answer any questions. And if you are a guest, we'd love for you to stop by our table in the foyer. One of our leaders will be out there. We've got some free gifts for you as well, as we'd love for you to uh, fill out a card so we can contact you and get to know you uh, a little bit better. Well, just a couple of announcements, and then we're going to go straight into worship today. I want to commend you, church. Did a phenomenal job with Operation Christmas Child uh, we did 31 boys' boxes, 30 girl boxes, for a total of 61 boxes. 61 kids are getting blessed for Christmas, and 61 kids are going to hear the gospel. So that is awesome. So they are on their way now to whatever, whatever location uh, they'll be going to. Now, this uh, this week is a special week. Anybody know what happens this week? Thank, you can say it. there. Yeah. Only one person knows. We need to educate you guys on some holidays. Uh, It's Thanksgiving week. And so we will not be doing service here on Wednesday night. No Bible studies here, but we are, uh, we've been invited by. I've lost my train of thought here for just a second. We've been invited by Trinity Evangelical Church to be part of their Thanksgiving Eve service. Uh, Pastor Paul has invited us over. Uh, There's going to be a service and then a dessert social afterwards. Uh, If you go and you bring a dessert, please make sure it's ready to serve. Uh, So if you're bringing pie or cake, make sure it's cut up and ready to go in advance. Uh, But that will be Wednesday night at 6.30 p.m. Uh, It should be an awesome time. Uh, Friday, December 2nd and Saturday, December 3rd. Our community is doing a great job with what they call Dickens Downtown. Uh, And part of that is we're going to have a Christmas parade on December 2nd, and we are a part of that parade. Uh, If you'd like to be a part of it, if you came to our meeting, great, you kind of already know what's going on. If you didn't and you still like to be a part of it, there is opportunity. The event is scheduled for 6.30 p.m., but if you're one of the actors, please meet 6 p.m. Downtown, and please see Jackie in advance for your costuming. So you will be in charge of making sure you have your costume for that night. Uh, The same goes for Saturday, December 3rd. We're doing Living Windows. That starts at 5 30 p.m. Uh, We are teaming up with Christina Family Cafe uh, and decorating will go on at 4 o'clock and then the actors, if you can be there at 5 p.m. and we will rotate in uh, and we're figuring out how many rotations to do. It is a very small space, uh, so there will only be three of us at a time in the window. Otherwise, it's going to look like a Christmas package or one of the clown cars with all of us up against the window crammed in there. Uh, But we're going to have a great time. And I hope if you're not a part of of those events themselves, you'll go down and be a part of the event. Just walk through. Mandy is doing some phenomenal stuff in our community. It's going to be a great uh, evening both nights. So I hope you'll come out and enjoy that. And then uh, Thursday, December fifteenth, we have an opportunity to do bell ringing at Webster's from 9 AM to 6 PM. We're asking people to sign up for 90-minute slots. And there is a sign-up sheet in the foyer Uh, We've got two slots for each uh, hour of time. And so if you'd like to be a part of that, uh, we encourage you to do that as well. Lots of other stuff in your bulletin. I will let you read those as we get ready for worship. Worship team, if you'd come get ready, Uh, we're going to go into a time of worship. But before we do that, this morning, I'm going to be talking about a new horizon for the church. Um, Not just for us and for you individually, we're going to talk about that but a new horizon for the early days of the church and what they experienced. When you talk about the word horizon, it has two definitions. The first one is the line at which the earth's surface and the sky appear to meet. How many of you love those horizons in the morning, the sunrise or the sunset? It's amazing. But the second definition is the limit of a person's mental perception or experience or interest. And I believe that today, before you leave this place, no matter what your face, God wants to speak to you. Does that sound good to anybody else? Let's do this. Let's stand to our feet this morning as we get ready to worship. Lord, we thank you to be able to meet in your house today. To spend time in your presence is the greatest thing we could do. Lord, I know for some this week, it has been incredibly challenging. For some, they have lost friends and loved ones, and that is difficult. For others, Lord, it's it's past losses. This might be the first holiday season without a loved one in their life, and they're just having a hard time. Lord, I know that there's been things going on in people's workplaces and at home and it's been a challenging week for so many. But Lord, you are good and you are faithful. And you turn things in the favor of your people. Lord, Lord, no matter what mess we find ourselves in this morning, God, I believe you're about to turn things around. You're not done until you turn things good. And Lord, there are good things for your people today. Lord, as we enter into your presence, would you come? Would you meet with us? Would your presence fall in this place? Would your spirit be here in almost a tangible form that we can just connect with you? Speak to us, change us, transform us. And God's people said, let's worship together this morning.
1: A a new song that we sang last week. It's called Gratitude. And Mike, when you're ready, you can just start whenever. But I'm going to read from Psalm chapter 9, verses 1 and 2. I will give thanks to you, Lord, with all my heart. I will tell of all your wonderful deeds. I will be glad and rejoice in you. I will sing praises of your name, O Most High. Anybody thankful? You got something to be thankful for? Remember that on Thanksgiving day, all right? (laughs) We got so much to be thankful for. Family, friends, health, life, jobs. (laughs) So much to be thankful for. This song is called Gratitude. When we get to that chorus, it says I throw up my hands. To praise you again and again. Let's just worship him this morning. Give him the thanks that he deserves. Here we go. All
2: oh, my words fall short. I've got nothing new. How could I express? I could sing these songs As I often do But every summer's
3: day
2: And you never do So I throw up my hand ¡Claro! all that I have is a hallelujah, hallelujah. I know it's not much, but I've nothing else fit for a king, except than the sun
1: Your spirit in this place Prepare the way Prepare the way Prepare the way of the
2: Lord, prepare the way, prepare the way of the Lord, prepare the way, prepare the way of the Lord, prepare the way, prepare the way of the Lord, O valley, be raised up.
0: Robbie was leading us in that that last song I I got this image in my mind that was not exactly where I thought we would go today but um, I just believe that before you leave this place today God is going to go into surgery mode and there are some hearts that need some surgery there are some spirits here who need some surgery so as we transition to preaching the Word and our kids' ministry, let's just pray one more time. I want, to be, I want to do exactly what God wants to do today. Lord, you are the center. You're what matters. Lord, as you anoint your servants to be able to do the ministry, and as we transition the preaching of your word and the kids' ministry, I pray that your anointing would be upon us for such a time as this. Lord, do not give us the word that we want. Give us the word that we need. Give us the word that we need for life and resurrection in these shattered, torn, broken bodies, minds, and souls. Same resurrection power that raised you from the grave is alive and well today. And Lord, you bring your people to life. Lord, this is your operating room this morning. Lord, go to work on us. But Lord, what you want to do, make it happen. May the valleys be raised up, may the mountains be made low that the will of the King of kings and the Lord of lords should be done, not just in this place, but in our communities, in our homes, and in our neighborhoods. Lord, we give you praise, glory, and honor. And God's people said, amen, amen. You can be seated today. Kids, we are going to dismiss you. I hear you are working on Christmas. Whew, man, just a few weeks away. From your Christmas presentation to the church, we are looking forward to that. Well, I am excited today. First and foremost, I'm excited to be with you and to spend time with God. Uh, I get a little excited about church and spending time with you because I believe God is alive. Jesus is alive. He's still in the business of changing lives, transforming lives. And I believe, like Sunday's game day, I just believe when we come to church, it's game time. Uh, it's good. Now, I'm also excited, and I'm also a little disappointed today, because today officially marks the end of the Formula One season with the last race of the season, so I will be going into withdrawals until the end of February. However, I'm very excited because today it will become official that my team, Red Bull racing team, will be announced at the end of today's race. World champions. Both end up a couple weeks ago. Team becomes world champions, right? Put it on underneath here and just be like, I know Robbie, he's always like Packer pride, and I just, and I'm a Packers fan, but we're not necessarily feeling like world champs right now. A little too soon maybe for that uh, interjection, but I thought, oh, I'll just rip it open in church and be like, oh, I'm proud to be a Red Bull racing team fan, and, and I am. And I got to thinking about that, and It's an interesting year for that because at the beginning of the season, it was totally new rules, totally different cars, new concepts, and there was a brand new horizon because the last team that that had won had won six years in a row, I think, Mercedes with Lewis Hamilton, the same guy, six years in a row. It was kind of getting, you know, everybody else was just getting blown out, so I was so excited for new rules because I was like, "This, this could mean anybody can win. Anybody could have a chance. This is a brand new horizon. And at the beginning of the season, it was not looking that good for Red Bull. They were getting dominated by another team. And people had already written it off a couple races in. Oh, these are going to be the new champions. With 22 races in the season, we're three races in. And people are already saying, oh, Ferrari, world champions, they're going to be the greatest and they're going to be the newest. But in the midst of this new horizon, that team Red Bull pulled together and they said, guys, the season is just starting. And the sky's the limit. Let's pull our team together. Let's keep improving. Let's see what can happen. And just a few weeks after that, they began to win races, began to get competitive. And now today, they'll be crowned the champions. I want to tell you this morning, you are a champion. The church is a champion. Did you hear that? The church is a champion. But let me tell you, it doesn't always feel that way. It doesn't always feel that way, because life is difficult, life is challenging. And in the early days of the church, as it began to launch, while they were anointed to be champions, it didn't always feel like they were champions. I want to take us back into Acts chapter 2, recap where we've been, and then begin to look to a new horizon. Does that sound all right? Let's go to Acts chapter 2 together, starting in verse 1. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like a blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. The last two weeks we've been talking about the Holy Spirit. The first week we talked about who He is. He is a person of the Trinity. He's not a thing, and he's not an experience. He is a person, but as we get to know him more, we will experience him in very unique ways. And last week, we took these three verses and and really unpacked them. We're not going to do that again today, but if you hadn't watched or listened to those, you can go back and do that on our website. highly encourage you to do that. Verse 5 goes on to say, Now there were staying in Jerusalem God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, Aren't all of these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our own native language? Verse 12, Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, What does this mean? 13, some however made fun of them and said, they've had too much wine to drink. You got a whole mix of things going on here. Wow. Remember, they're kind of in this area that would be like an outdoor mall where all this is taking place. Then Peter gets up and addresses the crowd. Verse 14, and Peter stood up with the 11, raised his voice and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews, And all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk as you suppose. It is only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. The will prophesy, and women, I will pour out my spirit, love and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord and everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Peter went on to preach effectively and to explain to the people exactly what was going on and who Jesus was. Let's jump to verse 40. With many other words, he warned them, and he pleaded with them, Save yourselves from, the, from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted his message were baptized. About three Thousand were added to their number that day. Come on, that's exciting. That is a church service. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to, to, give to uh, anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Wow. What the early church experienced on the day of Pentecost is exactly that. It's a new horizon. It's a new horizon. Their eyes were opened. Recently, there was a song that I sent out to the church called Fear Is Not My Future. I'm going to refer back to that in the lyrics today. And at the end of service, Robbie is going to sing that song for us. Because I just feel that that song is so much where we are as a church in this moment in time. As we look back at this small group that was there at the launch of the church, they had really been through it. They had really been through it. How many of you have ever been on a roller coaster? All right, several of you. I imagine that your face looks something like this. In this picture, there is a plethora of emotions. You've got one individual that's like, yeah, I'm excited, and then you've got this poor kid who is is gripping. I'm assuming that's a parent. Uh, hands so tightly, he's gripping that he's like, I'm about to die. I don't know if it's joy or fear. We're not even sure what the emotion is there. And isn't that how life is sometimes? Like we get on the ride and it's all good going up the hill. You're talking to the person next to you. It's all good. It's great. Once in a while, if you're scared of heights, you start to notice, boy, we're getting pretty high. You know, and so you might get a little worried there. And you make that top of the hill, and then it's this beautiful horizon picture. It's epic. And then you go over the hill, and life goes crazy. Before you know it, you are turned upside down, inside out, round through, and all sorts of things. And by the time you get to the end of the ride, your hair is standing up, and you're just like, oh, what? It all went by so fast, so crazy. There's all sorts of emotions that we feel on roller coasters. Sometimes we just feel like life is like that. We just get spun up, turned around, inside out. We're just looking for the exit sometimes. And that's what the early church it was like. Both pre-Pentecostal and post-Pentecostal, it was a little bit of a roller coaster ride. Let's look at the early church. In just a little over two months, they had been on this crazy roller coaster of experiences, of emotions, a roller coaster in their faith, on what they believed, and and let's recap this, walk you through it one more time. some days it's good, some days it's rougher. They've been all over the place. They've been on a boat where where the storm was going. Jesus comes walking on the water, calms the storm with his voice. I mean, they've had it all. They see him feed 5,000 people. It was incredible. But the highlight really was probably the triumphal entry. Because perhaps for the first time, they actually saw people worshiping Jesus. And there had to be a mindset in some of the disciples going, we finally made it. All this struggle in ministry for three years. We finally have made it. People are getting it. They know who Jesus is. Things are about to get good, guys. It's about to get great. Yet within that week, they would have the betrayal of Jesus from one of their own. The torture of Jesus. Their master who they were following. You've got Peter's epic failure. <laughs> And the crucifixion and death of Jesus, from the highest high to the lowest low, they have ridden this thing out. And at this point, they're crushed. They have lost their dreams and their hopes. Everything they thought they knew, they don't know anymore. But then it takes another dramatic turn because we've got the resurrection of Jesus, and we've got encounters with Jesus after he's resurrected. Remember, he he shows up a couple times and just really surprises them. Some of them think he's a ghost, and at one time he shows up at a meal. The doors were all locked. He just shows up. They're like, "Oh, he's a ghost." And he's like, "Hey, give me a piece of that fish. I'm going to eat a piece of that fish." He's eating fish with them because I guess ghosts don't eat fish. I don't know. I don't know what the theological thing is there, but he's eating fish with them. He's hanging out. They're all over the map. And then you've got the ascension of Jesus. Jesus leaves. His disciples are watching. They're just, at this point, they're like, oh, we don't even know what to believe anymore. They've been through the roller coaster so much. They're just. Like, they're all just standing there. I don't even know how long it was, but eventually, it must have been a while, because the Bible says two guys show up in white. They're probably angels show up, and, and they speak, and they're like, guys, guys, why are you looking to the sky? Follow what Jesus said. Go to Jerusalem. Wait for the Holy Spirit. Keep moving. They had to have some heavenly help to get through that because they were in such shock and awe of what they had been through. They had no idea what to think. They were just trying to do their best to be obedient to what Jesus had said. The instructions were wait for the gift, wait for the person of the Holy Spirit. So they wait in Jerusalem and then they have this encounter that we just read about with the Holy Spirit and everything begins to change. Some of the lyrics from that song that I was mentioning earlier say, let him turn it in your favor. Watch him work it for your good. He's not done with what he started. He's not done until it's good. When this all started, it looked like ministry was over for the, for the disciples, for the early church, for these, for these early followers of Jesus. It looked like it was all washed up. The disciples thought, man, our lives are pretty much over. We gave everything to this. All the time that they spent in ministry was now called into question. But it's not over till God says it's over. He wasn't done moving or turning things that they couldn't understand or see or perceive. Let's face it, we all want things to go smoothly in our life. Nobody wakes up and goes, you know what I'd like today? I'd like today to be challenging. Lord, make it as rough as possible. Nobody prays that prayer. Not on purpose. But when you start praying for growth and development and things, that's how God does it. Through challenging things in our life. That's how we grow. It's how we develop. It's not always smooth. See, the thing about roller coasters is once you're on them, once they start, you got to ride. But you're like, I'm thinking about finding an exit. I don't, know if I, I don't know if my faith can take it anymore. I think I'm just going to bail. Don't you bail. Don't bail. Ride the ride to the end. Because I'm going to tell you, it gets sweeter than what it is today. Don't give up. Don't check out. You might have to make a change. God might have different plans than you had. But his plans are better. Stick with it. Don't check out. God's not done. Difficulty is not a sign of God's abandonment. It's an opportunity for his faithfulness. But over the generations, the church has has gotten weak. And we walk away when it gets hard, when that's the time we should buckle in, buckle up, because God's going to do something great. He never let his people down. Look throughout the word. He always shows up, just not the way sometimes that we think he's going to. That's where they were. It's tough to look up on the horizon when you're going through it. When your heart is heavy, when you're emotionally exhausted, when your resources run low, when you feel defeated, it's hard to look up. It's hard to look at the horizon. But that's where the Holy Spirit comes in. He enables us to look beyond ourselves, beyond our circumstances. He reminds us of the great promises God has in our life for your life. He reminds us who Christ is. He reminds us of the great tools at our disposal. The Word of God. He reminds us of the great things like the fruit of the Spirit that we need to be cultivating in our life. He reminds us that there's peace, love, and strength found in Jesus. But we've got to get our face up. We've got to get our vision on the horizon. The Holy Spirit's drawing us in those times but we still have to be obedient. God will come along and the Holy Spirit will lift your chin for your vision to look out into the future, but it's your choice to focus or not. It's your choice. And after he encourages us, it's our choice whether or not we keep our vision on the horizon or we go back and we just look at where we're at. We can't get about us, our situation. We become martyrs. Look how horrible things are. You know, when we feel, when there's a voice inside of us that says, look how horrible things are, there needs to be another voice inside of you that says, look how great he is. Because it's not about us. The Holy Spirit was at work in the early church after the filling of 120 individuals in the upper room, and then 3,000 people get saved from 120 to over 3,000 in one afternoon? It's where the church began to change. Hope took hold. Salvation just brings hope. People getting saved brings hope, doesn't it? Man, hope begins to take hold. But the church had to let go. The early church had to let go of the past. They had to let go of the pain. They had to let go of the hurts. They had to let go of the disappointments. They had to let go of their failures. Peter, you've got to let go of your failure. They had to let go of their past expectations. To get a breakthrough in your life, you have to be willing to let go of what you hold so tightly to. You've got to release. God's got to do that. Look, experiences and things are a little different here. One of the things that we do a lot, some of the mainline churches don't, is is we have expressions in worship. Like, we raise our hands, a lot of us. And it's okay if you don't. There's not like a mandate, like, raise your hands if you want to keep attending church here. It's not like that at all. We all can worship in different ways. But the purpose of raising your hands is a sign of surrender. And can I tell you, Physically, that is easy to do. I know for some of you, that's like, you're like, that's a new thing for you. Like raising your hands in church, you're like, I don't know, like, what if people watch me? What if I do it wrong? It's okay. We've got a video about all the different ways and the hand gestures, and I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. There is a Christian comedian that has that. We have to show that sometime. You know, all the different things. You know, if you're from Wisconsin, we like the field goal worship. So um, that's, that's what we're all doing afterwards today, right? Um, but the, the truth is, is that it's much more harder to spiritually and emotionally and mentally raise our hands. Physically, it's, it's easy. But the emotional and spiritual side of trying to do that is very hard. Because to surrender means to let go. I've got more notes here, and it's good, and I might preach it a different week but I I just keep seeing this whole thing about release to receive, and I just I feel like God wants to work that for a minute. So I'm just going to follow him. None of this is in my notes. I don't know where we're going. Um, I feel like there are some people here that you want to receive from God. But the struggle is, is there's things you're holding on to that are hindering you from moving forward. There's some hurt and there's some pain and regret in the building today that you're holding on to. You say that it's okay. You say it's in the past. But the truth is, is you've never really done the work to deal with it. You've done the work to bury it. There's a biblical character in the Old Testament named Achan. God's people were on the move and about to experience some great triumph in in their lives. One of the rules as they were moving forward and having these military conflicts and winning was that they were not supposed to take things for their own possession in this. Things were divvied out that they were supposed to, but when it came to uh, valuables and that stuff, you you put it in, in, in God's kitty, and God takes care of you. And Achan, he grabbed some of this stuff, and he took it, and he buried it in his tent. And the next time the army went out, they got whooped. And as the leadership gathered together going, Lord, what did we do wrong here? What's going on? And the Lord reveals, hey, somebody broke, broke the one rule that I had for you guys for victory. And they have buried something. And what they buried ended up killing Achan and his family. When you don't deal with the things that God is asking you to deal with, those things begin to kill you and they hinder you from moving forward for what God has for you. And it's a process. I think sometimes Pentecostal churches we we don't value the process that God puts us through. We want to come to the altar, we want to feel the emotion and then we want to walk home and have it be done. And I'm not I'm not devaluing the experiences you can have at an altar. I believe in that. I've had amazing encounters with God. I'm going to continue to have amazing encounters with God. And so are you. But there's also a process that happens. And God will often take time to do it right. How many of you like to go out to eat? If I had gave you an option, I said, hey, we're going to go out to a five-star restaurant or we can go out to McDonald's. How many of you want to do? And I'm, let me tell you, you are five-star. God's not here to do it quick time to prep and to cultivate and to work on. God's not here to do it quick. He's here to do it right inside of you because he loves you. He loves you. He loves you. So I'm telling you right now, there are things that God is going to, in the few next few moments, God is going to ask you to begin to let go of so he can work on you. For some of you, it's a lot of things in your past. It's expectation. When we talk about releasing things, it's yes, God wants you to get rid of the things that are not good, right? And we kind of have these sins like, you know, and and, and regrets. Okay, we're on board for that. We can wrap our mind around that. But for some of you, you are clinging to some things so tightly that they're not necessarily bad, but it is not the season for you to hold on to them anymore. God not only asks us to to let go of things that are are bad, sometimes he asks us to let go of things that are good. I'm really going to blow your mind here. Sometimes God asks you to let go of things that are godly because they're, they're no longer in the season that they're meant to be in but you're still holding on to it. Let me give you an example, because some of you are going, no, I, you can never let go of anything godly. Old Testament, God's people in need. They needed food. They're out in the middle of nowhere in the desert. God provided them by giving them manna. It was like God's version of Krispy Kreme, <laughs> like donuts, they were good. I'm like, you know, it was this, it was this stuff on the, that was like dew that they would collect and that they could make into a, a, a bread. I kind of like, when I think about it, I think of like life cereal. Like, you know, it was just like this sweet tasting, so good. And God provided, but there were also rules. God said, look, I'm going to provide for you every day. Only take what you need. And, and you ate what you needed, and then take, throw it out, but don't collect it, right? Because the issue was, is when people held on to the manna for too long, you know what it did? It spoiled, it went rotten. Some of you are holding on to godly things that they are no longer in the season that they're meant to be in and they are rotting in your hands and you're holding on to rotting things and you're missing out on what God has for you today because you're still holding on to yesterday. You're still holding on to experiences in the past and you're robbing yourself from the future God has for you. There's somebody here today and you are dealing with Loss and I don't know if it's recent or if it's in the past, and maybe you struggle in the holidays, but you you, you feel like you can't release it because that individual will be forgotten. God's not asking you to forget. God's just asking you to let go. And they won't be forgotten because God will remember them forever. But you've got to let go. We had a family in a church that we ministered to. One of their daughters died on a missions trip. Had lots of kids. I believe it was their, their oldest or close to their oldest. That family, I never saw them let go. And, and they made their daughter into, in a lot of ways, an idol. And I saw their, the younger kids suffer because they could never live the life that they're called to live because they lived in the shadow of a sister that the parents had made more than what she was. And she was a great young lady and did great things for God. And yes, honor and celebrate, and I, absolutely. But at some point, you got, you got to let go. I remember having a conversation with one of them. One time, you are missing out on moments with your kids that are here and now because you are not letting go of a relationship that you have to let go of. Not forget, but you got to let go. Church, sometimes we got to leave right here this morning. Want breakthrough. You're telling God, this is the way it has to be. This is the breakthrough. This is what you're going to do. And it's not working the way that you think it should be. And you're blaming the devil and you're cursing the devil and you're putting him underneath your feet. And I have nothing wrong with any of that, okay? Unless it's not the devil that's doing it and it's God that's the one that's got the brakes. Like in the race, he's out there with the flag going, Would you slow down? <laughs> Because you got to deal with some of the heart issues before you continue to move forward in ministry. So I'm not letting you move forward until we start working on the healing. But you've buried it. You've said it's done. It's in the past. God's like, hey, we aren't done because this is holding you back from what I have for you. And so you're frustrated. It's like you're hitting your head on a wall. And God's like, i got bigger and better plans. But you got to stop so that I can heal what's wrong in here. Church, God wants to make you whole. He wants to make you whole. And, church, we are continually a work in progress. When you climb a mountain with God and you get to the summit, it's a great experience. But, guys, we're there for a season. And then if you look to the horizon, there's a new mountain to climb. We are continually need to be worked on by our Heavenly Father. He continually wants to draw things out of us and work on things in us. That's where the church was. Broken. Had no idea. And they still really had no idea. And we're going to get into it in the months ahead, where the church starts stepping out, and we're like, okay, nope, this isn't working. No, okay, we got more problems here. All these, these, these disciples all of a sudden go, what did we get into? <laughs> but they work through it, and we'll work through those issues too. But I believe there is a new horizon for you. I know there's a new horizon. I know for some of you, you're in a tough place. But God's not done working in your story. But will you be willing to let go and let God do the work he needs to do in you? Do you have the courage to dig up that stuff that's buried under your tent and go, Lord, it's time to deal with this. Just not bury it. It's time to deal with it. One of the things I love about Jesus, Robbie, if you'd come and get ready. One of the things I love about Jesus, when you study his life, he was never afraid to deal with stuff. There's not one story that we look at in the Bible where where Jesus goes, I'm not dealing with this. He always confronted it with the truth and always confronted with love. And he's like, we we can work this out. We can work this out. Church, life is messy. And the more lives we touch, the messier it's going to get. The whole Christmas story is God rolling up his sleeves and saying, I'm willing to play in the mud with you. I'm not going to watch from afar. I'll get in the mud with you to rescue you. God is not intimidated by your story. He's not intimidated with where you are. But church, we got to buckle up and let God do what only God can do. We got to get to a point where we can let go. We got to stop trying to say we're in control. We're not. He is. There's somebody else here this morning. I don't know how to explain this. I don't mean to be hurtful. There's something going on in your life, and you're like, I'm going to pick up my toys and I'm going to go play somewhere else. And God has not released. And and I don't know the details, but you need to do that because you are holding yourself back from experiencing what God has for you. Don't ever leave somewhere until God tells you to, even when it's challenging. This was not how I imagined today's message going, but I think it's what we needed. God wants to work on our hearts. We're going to do something really different. I don't know if we've, really ever done this. We kind of, last few weeks maybe, we've kind of started doing this. Um, The song that I referred to at the beginning of service, Robbie's going to sing that, and I think I'm going to join him in singing that. And it's not necessarily, we're not trying to teach you a new worship song. I feel like we need to sing this over you, church. And maybe as we do this, there'll be a point where the Spirit is working in your life, and there's just a moment where you can just release. You can just let go. You can just trust God. And if that happens for you, I want you to be able to express it in whatever way God leads you. All right, so for some of you, if that's, you're like, I need to stand to my feet, that's fine. For some of you, if it's just, I need to physically raise my hand to symbolize what I am, what I am doing spiritually and emotionally in this moment. Maybe for some of you, it's, it's coming to the altar and just opening yourselves up and kneeling down at this altar or standing at this altar and just meeting with God. I, we're just going to open it up. None of those are, are wrong. Maybe it's just sitting where you're at and it's an internal thing. That's fine. I'm not here to judge. What I want for you is an encounter with God because the Holy Spirit came to do some heart surgery today. For some people, he has come here today to set you free from something in your past, from issues going on, from scar tissue that has formed around your heart, from the critical mindset or critical spirit that you have about something because of what you've experienced in the past. He's about to start a process in your life. It may not be complete today, but he will see it to completion. We're going to sing this song over you and. You just respond to the Lord however you feel. The altar is open. You can stand. You can lift your hands however the Lord leads you in the next few moments, and then we'll figure out the next step together. Robbie, lead us.
2: Let him turn it favor. Watch him work it for your good. He's not done with what he started. He's not done until it let him turn it in your favor watch him work it for your good he's not done with what he started he's not done until it's good hello peace hello joy hello love hello strength hello hope it's a You've ever seen. You've ever seen. Hello peace. Hello joy. Hello love. Hello strength. Hello hope. It's a Fear is not my future, you are, you are. Sickness is not my story, you are, you are. Heartbreaks not my home, you are, you are. Death is. not my home. You are, you are. Death is not the end. You are, you are. Hello, peace. Hello, You are, you are Heartbreak's not my home You are, you are Death is not the end You are, you are Goodbye fear, goodbye guilt Goodbye shame Goodbye pain Goodbye, grave, it's a new horizon. And goodbye, fear, goodbye, guilt, goodbye, shame. And goodbye, pain, and goodbye, grave, it's a new horizon. It's a new horizon. Let the light in. Let's let the light. In. New horizon. It's a new horizon. Let the light on in. It's a new horizon. Let the light in. Let the light on. In.
0: We did okay for never practicing that. If you're here this morning and you just realize you for your breakthrough, there are some things you just gotta let go of. I'm just gonna ask you to stand to your feet this morning. No shame in this place church I'm continually letting go of things because my God is continually at work in my life I just want to pray over you this morning Lord you love your people Lord we don't want to be a church anymore that buries things we want to be a church that deals with them You're so good, you deal with our sin. Lord, sometimes it's not necessarily sin, it's the things that we're holding on to you're asking us to let go of. Lord, I believe in the months that are ahead you are going to teach us how to live light, how to travel light, as we step into the horizon, the things that You have for us as a church, but Lord, also as individuals and families. Your future for us is so much better than the future that we could plan. Lord, I pray for the wounds that are in this place. Things that have happened to people that we're not asking them to forget. Those things scar us in a way. But Lord, we need to be able to heal. Holy Spirit, come. Bring your scalpel. Begin to cut back the things that are making us bitter. That are hindering us from experiencing you. Cut out the things of where we, we say we have to be in control or when we're forcing our control over a situation and trying to stick you, your stamp of approval over it, Lord, if you want to do something different with our life, we got to be willing to let go. You sit on a throne by yourself. It is our honor and privilege to worship you. Lord, there are some scars in this place that are hindering the marriages that are meant to be here. Wounds from our past. Some some were formed in that relationship. Some were formed before our relationship with our spouse. It's time for them to be healed and dealt with. God, we're not going to run. We're buckled up to the end. It's time to ride the ride. It's time for us to be the church you're calling us to be. Lord, I already feel that there's weight lifting on some people this morning. Somebody's here this morning. You're trying to figure out everything for your family, have all the answers for everybody. Maybe you're the patriarch of your family. You don't have all the answers. I'm just going to tell you, we'll cut. It's time to let go. Kids, they are not alone. They're not alone. God's got his hand all over them. You just can't see it. Their story's not done. Just be there. Love, for, love on them. Encourage them. Stop trying to control your kids. Let them experience life so that they can find Christ in a deeper way. God's got them. Let it go. Somebody here, you, you perfection, you just struggle, you, it's always got to be perfect, it's always got to be just a certain way, and it'll keep you up at night, you'll think about something that's not a proper way on your table, or something like that. God's got something better for you. It's not that you shouldn't put effort in, not that you can't work hard, but it doesn't have to be Perfect. Let it go and experience the freedom of Christ in your life. Lord, we got to let go so that we can receive what you have for us. What you have is so much better. Lord, I thank you for meeting us. Think about last week and all the people at this altar. What you started you will see to completion, Lord. I know there are some that doubt. There are some that that feel like, well, God didn't do what I wanted Him to do. I know what You have planned for them is better. Open their eyes, give them hope, encourage them. Lord, You love this church. You love every person here. You love these families and extended families. And Lord, as we gather for the holidays, Thanksgiving, Christmas, other events that will be happening, Lord, help us to love our family like you love us, with grace, with freedom. Lord, help us to be a light in this season. Lord, as Thursday as we celebrate Thanksgiving, may we remember to be grateful for a God who doesn't do it quick, a God who does it right, a God who works through the process. That, Lord, we are not a fast food commodity, but, Lord, we are a five star meal in your eyes, that you will take the time to work on us and do it right. Help our ears to be open that God, as you continue to work on us and bring healing into our life, as you restore things that the enemy has stolen and that we've messed up on our own, you're such a good Father. You love us so much. Lord, we just want to be in your presence. God, help us to come closer to you, to stay a little longer in your presence because that's where so much transformation and change happens. Lord, we love you. What you started here, see it to completion and help us be obedient to you. God's people said, amen. Before we leave here and pray over our offering, let's worship one more time. In fact, worship team, would you come back if you're here? I think everybody's still here. Um, gratitude. We're going into Thanksgiving. Let's leave this place with gratitude for our Lord and Savior. Robbie, when you're done, would you pray over the offering and dismiss us today? Is that right? When you're done, can you dismiss us and pray over the offering? Church, I love you. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Let's worship together one more time.
2: don't you get shy on me lift up your son cause you've got a lot
1: you for your presence we have so much to be grateful for we lift our hands in praise and glory and honor to you Lord as we go our separate ways now first of all I pray that you would help us to give of our tithes and our offerings thank you for what you are doing through our finances at this church May we reach to our community and people see your love as we give. And then, Lord, as we go now home, pray that you would remind us to be grateful as we celebrate with family and friends over Thanksgiving Day. God, may we wake up Thursday morning and say, God, I thank you so much. I've got so much to be grateful for. And God, may we share that gratefulness with those that we meet with. God, we worship you. Now go with us and remind us each day that you are worthy of our worship. May we live our worship 24-7. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen.